on this week's episode of Polk and Kush, guess who keeps losing? They have New Orleans across their chest, whether it's football or it's basketball. It doesn't matter. We're here to talk about it. We're not here to fat shame. Just talk about losses. Plus, we've got vendors in the city. Don't want those to exist anymore. Who knows all the fun things that could ever occur right here on Polk and Kush. Come everyone to Polk and Cush. It's Thursday, December 9th, 2021, and we are inching toward the end of the year, and we are still here on a street that is under construction just as it has been for the entirety of 2021. You know, sometimes you need comfort in life. You need things <laughs> to stay the same. That's why, you know, there's like a Ghostbusters movie. I remember Ghostbusters. That's why there's going to be construction forever in New Orleans because it's nice to go back and remember and feel like you're home again. I got I got home uh, this afternoon from work and there was a new note uh-huh. on everybody's cars from the same... Co- it's called a Hard Rock Construction Company. I didn't say their <laughs> name before. It's Hard Rock Construction. Your construction company is named after the greatest <laughs> construction disaster that resulted in, I think, three dead people in the city of New Orleans, and that's the name of your fucking company. I'd like you to come down to my new uh, office at Titanic Shipbuilders. Uh, <laughs> I've got my new company, Holocaust Social Media. What is wrong with you idiots? They're in Harvey, so maybe that explains it. I'm sure they're all crooks and criminals, and this is some kind of scheme with Tony Soprano where you know they go out there and they throw a body in the pothole and they cover it up and they get all your money. But these clowns put a note out that just says, there's a line to fill in, like the construction date, they didn't fill it in, which yeah. I appreciate, actually, because yeah. they don't know. They have, no, if they told you, they'd be lying. They told The first time they told me it was the beginning of October through November 26th, this time they're just like, we have no idea. <laughs> and it just says, don't park. Just don't park. Do you have a car? You get it stolen. You have you don't have a car anymore because at Hard Rock Construction. Also, these fuckers every morning they're parking in the two spots that are left out on the street. I see the workers. They're blasting the Laffy Taffy song <laughs> at five in the fucking morning. They are parking in the only two spots left out there, and then they give everybody a note saying, "Don't park anywhere forever." <laughs> But hey, at the end of this, you'll have a street that now, instead of it being a terrible street, it'll actually be one of the only nice streets, and then people will go 1,000 miles an hour down it every single time they flip off of the, uh, you know, when they make the turn doing uh, Tokyo Drift down your your street, because it's like one of three roads that you don't have to, like, hold your foot over the brake the entire time you're going over it. Yeah, this is going to be Getaway Alley. It's just going to be car chases (laughs) out front the entire time. 
I don't know. Anyway, new sponsors of the show. Hard <laughs> Rock. <laughs> you clowns. I looked for your Facebook page. Of course, they don't have a Facebook page because no. it would, they, would, they would just get destroyed constantly. Well, they're a shell company anyway. Yeah. There's yeah. no Yelp. Yeah. I'm going to make a Yelp <laughs> for them, I think. I don't know if you can do that. I'm just going to make one, and then everybody can go on there and leave an honest review. That sounds great. <laughs> That's what we should do. That's definitely what we should do. I wish like they had one of those, you know, like city contractors, you know, be like, yeah. leave your reviews for what you think of city contractors. <laughs> uh, yeah, man. How long has this construction started? It started in October. Yeah. Now it's December 8th. Yeah. Well, the street was a nightmare before. Yeah. There was a giant hole, and it was terrible, and there was always stuff kind of on the sides over here. Garbage. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> there was tires. There was garbage. It's like pestilence, floods. <laughs> yeah, we're going. We're, uh, we're making the, the whole uh, you know, series of biblical problems that uh, are going on uh, just outside your door. It's a nice, you know. Metaphor? Would we call it a metaphor? Sure. I, th I, I don't know what we call it anymore. Uh, my girlfriend was jogging in the Irish Channel the other day and noticed that there were just hundreds of nails in the street. <laughs> There's like hundreds of nails on like pleasant or whatever which is funny yeah yes that's uh you know poetic and then you know she like posts it in the facebook group and people are like ah fucking trump <laughs> <laughs> that's what facebook is for you're yeah, like 100%. hey everybody don't drive down the street there's nails on it. and then people start fighting about israel and rachel maddow told me uh yeah <laughs> I'm just ready for one day. I'm going to open the door and frogs are going to be raining from the sky. Just like Magnolia. Yeah, you know, just one of these days, the frogs will start raining and then it's like, all right, I think, I think it's time to go. I think it's time to move on. I, I, think, it, I think it is time to move on. <laughs> Happy Hanukkah, by the way. Thank it's, you. It's still Hanukkah. I went to the homeland uh, to, to celebrate Hanukkah. I decided to... Take my pilgrimage back to where it all belonged, yeah. where it all began in New York, uh, <laughs> home of the Jews that I care about. Um, and so I've been, I was in New York for three days. It was a truly uh, lovely, wonderful trip. Great time. Uh, New York, for anybody thinking about whatever is back, maybe like New York was things were uh, everything was open. Everything was bustling. Everything was fun. Uh, it felt very much normal other than like people wear masks there at a rate that i would say is like 20 times here yeah uh but they do and they check vaccination cards everywhere so that was you know i thought that was actually kind of nice uh and yeah man i went and saw genesis at madison square garden oh yeah it was the tits they play land of confusion they did play land of confusion abacab that whole album uh-huh they played everything man it was awesome the uh can't dance and you know it was carpet crawlers carpet that's what that was the finish was oh, carpet crawlers yeah that was the the hammer invisible touch of course uh it was a great show phil collins is basically dead he's like they wheeled him out he literally cannot stand he's on he walk like he also out can't there. dance yeah. <laughs> Like they waddle him out there in a cane. They sit him in uh, the equivalent of, looks basically exactly like my office chair. <laughs> <laughs> and then he can still wail them and he sings great. His kid is the drummer and he's awesome. So it was a 
amazing show. And then I went to the worst basketball game in the history of basketball last night as Tennessee went two for 31 from three-point, and the crowd lustily booed from both sides when the game went to overtime. It was such a bad game. <laughs> it was 41-all going to overtime. Wow. I didn't know you were at that. I, it was on the TV in the background. Yeah. Did you see the guy with the uh, mustache and the mullet and the Tennessee windbreaker jacket? I figured you were wearing a disguise. Yeah, no, that was like one of my very good friends was on TV the whole game. It was Jay Billis like ripping on him for how ugly he is. It was great. It was more entertaining than the basketball game for certain. Um, well, that's fun. I'm glad you got to go. They took the L.A. wallet there and all that? Yeah, I mean, they did. It was actually like you had to kind of explain it for yeah. you know, five seconds, but it was pretty simple. So, uh, yeah, New York, highly recommended. They're back. I'm sure you'll go down there, go to the Comedy Cellar, see some ladies. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You know, and what it allowed me to also do was to uh, distract myself from, you know, the Pelicans kind of going through the cycle here. I've, you know, we're basically public servants. Yes. We endure, we endure more than the public servants of New Orleans. <laughs> we don't have what rich, privileged lives from this podcast. We have to watch New Orleans sports. <laughs> you got a little reprieve from watching the Pelicans. That is true. Well, yeah. although watching a team miss, you know, 29 of 33 pointers. Felt like feel you were like, right at home. Yeah. <laughs> and again, that can never get too far. Perhaps I'm the problem. You, you know, I've, I've done that before. Where I was like, well, the Pelicans won when I was at Ale. Yeah. And then, and then I go back to Ale and they lose by 47. <laughs> like, well, I guess it was the shirt. I wasn't wearing my blue shirt today. <laughs> Turns out they need a good basketball players. So that would be helpful. You know, I think it's mostly dependent on the socks I'm wearing, but also <laughs> the Pelicans. Yeah. Now, I don't know how, follow, how closely you followed this. It's the whole scandal of the week uh, around the Pelicans was a picture of Zion Williamson from the Rockets game. Did you see this? Yes. He looked like the Kool-Aid man. <laughs> yeah. So apparently there was a doctored photo of Zion, uh, and he looked, I don't know, somewhere between four and 1,100 pounds, <laughs> uh, and he walking off the floor in Houston, and it got everybody very riled up. There was a lot of comments about it. He looks terrible, et cetera, et cetera, and then a lot of people kind of came to his defense in the last couple days to say uh to show pictures i think somebody had like like ran into him at the mall somebody ran into him at like he actually went to like a, a kids basketball game and took a picture of him there and he looks fine i mean he's still big he's how Zion. many did he put up against the kids yeah <laughs> 70 <laughs> uh i saw the you tweeted or retweeted a picture of him yeah it's like normal size zion yeah i i suppose that photo from houston they use like the kardashian filter uh-huh you know to make his butt big or yeah. whatever <laughs> exactly the the distorted lens that kind of stuff is hard to go by just because of angles because of movement because yeah. of the clothes people wear sure and also even when zion is slim for zion He's still a very large person. He is. He's, he's a, going to look quite huge next to a normal person, whether he's in great shape or, or not. Exactly. And, and uh, I think what this revealed as much as anything this week was that a lot of times people, I think there is a, a segment of the population that just kind of wants to make fun of him for being fat. Yeah. That it's sort of sport at this point to like, Point at Zion, call him fat, say that's what the issue is. When we 
we really don't know that's the issue, right? Like, yeah. we think that's the reason he's not playing is because he's overweight, and it's like, that's not really... We don't know that to be true. Well, I think the, the reason that people jump on the bandwagon of calling him fat and things like that is because they are upset that Zion yeah. didn't go to their team. They are upset that Zion is on a small market team. They are upset that he is not playing. Mm-hmm. It's a way of releasing frustration. Uh, you know, I, I think the term fat shaming with athletes is kind of absurd. Yeah, because obviously they're, you know. You're an athlete. They're the most fit people in the world. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, you know, calling it fat shaming, that, that's kind of a little too 2021. Yeah. That, that, that <laughs> doesn't really apply, no. I think, to talking about Zion's weight. And saying that a player is overweight is not quote-unquote fat shaming. Sure. It is observing a reality and speaking to it as it affects the person's job. Yes, and which is a very public-facing position. It's not like Chris Christie being fat shamed, yeah. that he's also a public-facing <laughs> person, but him's also not necessary for his job for him to be in any better shape than he was right and you know i'm i'm we have made jokes because we are a funny podcast sure try to be funny so-called funny podcast (laughs) there's different levels to it but i you know the the photo analysis is just gossip for the most part it is and it it does show and I, i i think ultimately what this gets to is that this lingering so if you to step back for one second uh the last time we did this show we thought zion was going to practice the next day he was scheduled to practice he was scheduled to kind of go through a full workout practice comes and goes they come out and say that zion is not ready he needs to take the road trip off he uh has some soreness and so i think that really pissed people off and of course zion remains completely silent there has never been an explanation for about what occurred there's never been an explanation for about why he said he was going to be back for opening night and he's going to miss at least 30 games probably more uh and and i think everybody kind of starts to just look for a reason as to why that's occurring and there's really no answer to be had and Mm -hmm. i think even if he talked it wouldn't really shed that much light on it but at least it would feel like he gives a shit about what people think about him here and i do think that is starting to really gnaw at people that he's just been completely silent is anything going to change in your opinion as far as zion talking to the public do the pelicans want him to does griff want him to i feel like fans are just kind of indifferent yeah. You know, it's another it's another Pelicans thing. It's another thing we deal with. Yeah. Nobody was really shocked. Nobody seemed that upset when there was yet another setback. It was just like, yeah, of course there is. Why isn't there? Yeah. Maybe that's just the mentality of living in New Orleans, a city that erodes your soul <laughs> every day, or it certainly tries to. Or, it certainly erodes your standards, right? Yeah. Like, you know, so like, it's like, yeah. Well, oh, I stepped on a rake. All right. I live here. I don't deserve a, a sidewalk. <laughs> I, I cheer for the Pelicans. Yeah, why would we have a young superstar? You know, people people become uh, defeated. Uh-huh. <laughs> and, and this is a defeated fan base. Yeah, and a, and a defeated podcast. Uh, <laughs> no, definitely, to go back to your initial question there, 
if you caught in them in an honest moment, I think basically everyone who works with the Pelicans at this point would love for Zion to talk because it would take some pressure off of them. Instead, Willie Green is the one who's answering questions about it. Off the record, you know, all of the executives and the coaches and whatever, the, you know, business side staff, the public relations, everybody's kind of trying to get a feel for what's going on and trying to put out messaging. But there's only so much messaging that you can really uh, make without the person himself talking. And so in the in the silence, that void is getting filled by a bunch of speculation. The speculation continues to always be extremely negative, not only against Zion, but also against the Pelicans. None of it is probably true, or we have no idea what percentage of it is true. And it just sort of this this endless cycle of there's a problem, there's no answers to the problem, and therefore people are kind of making up what the issue is. And I really think the only thing to do left if you are a Pelicans fan at this point who's worried about it is like you need to sort of take Zion out of your mind. Like Mm -hmm. when he is back on the court playing in a game, I think then you can maybe start to think he's going to contribute to this team this season. Until then, I would just consider it a, uh, a nothing. I would consider it the same way of a guy who tore his ACL or like Clay Thompson last year who didn't play at all or Kevin Durant a couple of years ago. Like, I, I, I truly do not think he is a part of this team until we see him on the court. I have very little faith that he can get to where he needs to be until I see it at this point. They've burned me too many times. Do you think that is too much to ask f- uh, when the team is, they are four and three in their last seven. Mm-hmm. Is that harder for Pelicans fans to ignore Zion when the team is doing average as opposed to when they are losing every single game? Because whenever, yeah, you know, some of these losses have, these losses have mostly been blowout losses mm-hmm. in the last three or four games. And you think, well, maybe if Zion was there, that would be the piece to keep these from being blowout losses. Whenever they are just getting steamrolled, it's like, well, it doesn't really matter if Zion is there. I don't think he is so impactful that he's going to change a, you know, seven, eight game losing streak. Sure, yeah. The, the, Pel- the Pelicans are an average team currently yeah. in the last seven games, which is good yeah. for the Pelicans. It's better than I think a lot of us expected. They're still, I, you know, echoing last week, I still think they're an entertaining team. Mm-hmm. I think they're trending the right way. But it's a little harder to just ignore Zion when he seems like, it seems like everything is in place for him to come back and it keeps getting pushed. Yeah, and I get, we expressed a lot of that last week, that optimism of like, okay, this team is sort of uh, coming. You, you see the pieces mixing, at least on the right nights. You see them coming together. And then you watch them lose the Rockets, you know, and then you watch them get, you know, murdered by Dallas giving up, you know, with the highest, you know, field goal percentage in the last like, like 30 years. Yeah, goal. it was literally the, the worst field goal percentage defense in like 22 years in the NBA. Like the, those things happen. But then they also then went and beat the Mavericks. And, you know, as we speak, they're playing the Nuggets incredibly close tonight, who are obviously a good team. So it's like. These things are 
it is challenging because you know what's sitting out there. But I also think you just have to evaluate this team for what this team is. And what this team is is a group that does not have Zion Williamson. So evaluate them for what they are, which is they are a the team with the worst record in the Western Conference uh, entering Thursday night, Wednesday night. But they're also not that bad. They really do have some ability to get you know, to get better. I think they can win some games. I do not expect them to finish last in the Western Conference. Uh, but certainly, it's just a frustrating set of circumstances for a team that should have been so much more promising than this. And that, that losing streak and that stretch without Ingram as well is what really killed this team. Right. And currently, they are... If, if they beat the Nuggets tonight, that will be a very good victory for this team. The Nuggets are a very good team. This is at home where the Pelicans haven't won since the 24th of <laughs> November against Washington. Yeah. Pelicans, not great at home. So this, this would not be... Not great anywhere, to be fair. Th- yes. <laughs> very good point. Uh, so, you know, t- tonight's game is important, and you're going to have to just focus on these small victories, which seem to be coming quite literally... Uh, every other game yeah if, if you're trying to cling to this team there's a little steam let go of the dream of zion focus on something else real estate nfts <laughs> uh bitcoin comic books go go to the gym i don't know yeah something don't think don't be waiting for zion because that's just setting you up for uh for heartbreak and i'm not mentioning any other sporting teams in new orleans right now don't (laughs) focus on that either do not no (laughs) whenever whenever you want to think about zion tell your call your wife (laughs) do something positive anytime that you you think about how zion could have turned the time do 10 (laughs) push-ups Like, but it really does. Like this team doesn't feels their record is bad. They have some really bad losses, but at the same time, they seem significantly better than they were two and a half weeks ago. Right? Like they are. I think they're a pretty good team. Like they're not obviously they're not a great team. They're definitely not even a good team. But I think they're an okay <laughs> team. And the the thing that's just like lingering over them is the Zion situation, which only got worse this week with the, you know, photo doctoring and whatever, you know, like, are we fat shaming this guy? Are we making up things? Are we whatever? It's like all of that conversation is so distracting from a team that's actually developing at least certain nights. And you're seeing the, the, what you wanted to see. I think the only other thing I wanted to kind of touch on with this team, uh, Jackson Hayes, Trey Murphy, Jose Alvarado, which is less important, all got sent down to the G League for a game. And Jackson Hayes exploded. And Jackson Hayes scored 30 points. And how many Instagram stories did he put up? Oh, my God. I saw (laughs) all 30 points. I saw all 15 rebounds. Uh, I didn't watch the game, but I was also told it was not the best performance that believe it or not, it didn't fix every single one of his problems. <laughs> he was just kind of dominating some pretty bad players, getting some highlight plays, but you know, his issue is he doesn't move his feet on defense. He doesn't really know where he's going. He makes some stupid decisions. He takes some weird shots. Uh, I, I don't know what Jackson Hayes looks like, but that is a damning statement that in your third year, 
you got to send that guy to the G League just to get minutes. Yeah, and I guess he's coming back. I, I, I'm not super familiar with the G League formula, but I guess you can kind of go back because uh-huh. he's back on the team yeah. already. It was literally just because they had sent a couple there to off purgatory. days. Yeah. <laughs> you go to he was in Birmingham. You know, uh-huh. he's playing the Pensacola waffle cones. <laughs> Just dunking on guys who have a night off from the Amazon factory. It's like, yeah, dude, you're six eleven. You're a top thirteen pick. He's top number eight. Yeah, I mean, it's crazy. He, uh, it is really like more than anything that has happened to him so far. Him having to go like, okay, we are not going to give Jackson minutes in the NBA because he doesn't deserve them. So in order to get him some run, which he badly needs, you have to send him to the Birmingham squadron to allow him to play, in which he probably made himself worse because all the bad habits didn't matter at all because he scored 30 points yeah. and had like 11 He's gigantic. He's a foot taller than yeah, everybody exactly. out there. And like 11 <laughs> mega dunks. Like, yeah, I did great. I'm good. Everything's fine. Uh, Trey Murphy too I mean uh, he's a rookie so we don't judge him quite as harshly but uh, he gets some run too but yeah man it's not great uh, that they had to to resort to that and I wonder if they have to do it again soon yeah and he you know I I don't keep up with the G League that much. No. It's always like, I think the last time people heard about the G League, it was like when that 40-year-old guy got to play on the Lakers and <laughs> scored like 20 <laughs> points. Like the last game of the season, right? Yeah. For like a Lakers season, was like last place. It's like, you know, Jackson Hayes is out there with Frank Thomas in the stands <laughs> doing windmills on guys that work at Applebee's. I don't know if this is helping anything and – Dear God, Jose Alvarado? Is that it? Yeah. 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 Uh, If you want me to read you the DNPs right now for the Pelicans, you can probably guess them, huh? Trey Murphy, Jose Alvarado, Jackson Hayes, and Najee Marshall. And the Pelicans are were leading ninety three to ninety one a minute ago. Yeah. So. so I mean, it is. Uh, this is the way that this team is going. They are relying a lot on guys who are not the guys they drafted. And I think it, outside of Herb Jones, uh, the rest of the draft picks have been, if nothing else, a little disappointing. And Alexander Walker's been all over the place. Uh, but you would think by the third year of the system that guys that you brought in-house you know, as rookies would be developing, and it doesn't feel like it's going that way right now. So that is problematic. But at the same time, I mostly just thought it was hilarious that he had to go to the Judah to play. <laughs> Follow him on Instagram if you want to see every moment of his life. You don't really have to keep up with people. Like, I have friends, and I never have to speak to them. And if I want to know everything that's happened to them, I just go to their Twitter, and I see every bowel movement, every dirty diaper, every meal. That's Jackson Hayes on social media. You can find him at any moment. You can see everything that's ever happened to him. So if you don't get... ESPN the Ocho and you couldn't you didn't watch the Birmingham game go to his Instagram that's true that's true so good ad for uh, Meta uh, the artist formerly known as Facebook Uh, that's a good advertisement for them Uh, so that'll take us uh, through our Pelican segment we will come back talk a little bit about the Saints speaking of uplifting fun things Uh, and of course we've got segments as well on the way stick around be right back Poke and Kush It's ale on. Oh, 
everybody your favorite bar my favorite bar the finest patio bar in all of uptown it is the best place that you can find to not only get a lovely hamburger some food not only to get 30 beers on draft but also to watch all of your favorite local teams. You know, every other bar that you go to in the city and you're like, oh, I want to watch the professional basketball team that plays Mm -hmm. four miles from here. They're like, I've never heard of that team before. What is that? (laughs) Not a nail on oak, everybody. You go in, Pat's got the staff ready, and they are there, and the game is on, and it's on one of their lovely TVs outside, and it is always a wonderful time at Ale, even when the Pelicans lose to, you know, the Rockets. And uh, I went there on Saturday. They had all the championship football games on. I watched uh, Baylor, Oklahoma State there. That was a crazy game, a lot of fun. Uh, But they're going to have all the bowl games on. They have a million TVs outside on the spacious patio. It's not just a bar. It's an experience. Yes, exactly. Go. The weather, it's a little chilly, but you're going to feel toasty and warm with all the love you're getting there (laughs) from from their gracious staff. That's true. Uh, a, a wonderful place to get dinner, to just get drinks, to meet friends, to hang out during the day or whatever on a weekend. Uh, yeah, I think it's bowl season will be great there. Uh, as well as, you know, there's a lot of Pelicans games coming up. And you know you can't watch them anywhere else. So you might as well go to Ale on Oak and go check them out. And during these bowl games, they got... 30 beers on tap. You already know that. They also have $5 Bloody Marys and mimosas. Good Lord. Baby. So go check them out. Ale on Oak. That is a sponsor. Uh, What we didn't see at Ale on Oak, or I didn't go see it, Thursday night, uh, a week ago, the Saints played the Dallas Cowboys, and they lost, believe it or not. Mm -hmm. Uh, Taysom Hill played quarterback that time. And they still lost anyway. It doesn't feel like it really matters anymore, does it? I don't think so. Um, you know, there's an article on NOLA.com today that was like, Camara coming back, will it turn the season around? Question mark. No. No. I, I wish you could do like an, like an article headline response of just <laughs> right under that, just no. <laughs> you can stop reading now. <laughs> Can I write for NOLA.com and then just write responses to the headlines? Put no by Andrew Polk right underneath. Can Kamara save the season? No, he can't. And also, who cares? Everyone on the team has coronavirus. Yeah. Mark Ingram's out today, right? uh, Mark Ingram out today, yes. Uh, Last week, it was uh, Cam Jordan and someone else. Yeah, I, it's really hard for me to keep up anymore. These guys don't have COVID, right? <laughs> they just don't. They're like, all right, season's over. I got to go play <laughs> the Jets. Yeah. <laughs> Ugh, I got a little tickle in my throat. What's that? A week off? Okay. <laughs> I know there's still this like, uh, you know, the Saints find themselves in the uh, in the hunt graphic when they show the playoff picture, which now is even more depressing because there's seven teams in the playoffs. And so... Basically, everyone that's not the Lions is in the hunt. Yeah. And so even though the Saints have lost, I believe it's five straight now. Yes. It's been, uh, you know, a <laughs> they, long time. The in the hunt thing, is like the Texans only got eliminated from playoff contention <laughs> in their most recent game. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> yeah, you're in the hunt. It's not fun. No, you're not in like you have. 
I, I, we talked about it a little bit last week, but like I have no interest in watching this team play a playoff game. No, there's no point. the 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 time is to think about the future. Yeah, this team is pretty much unwatchable. The injuries are just uh, apocalyptic. Yes. Everybody's injured. Everybody's yes. gone. Everybody has COVID. Yeah. Everybody. Deontay Harris just got his suspension. Three games. <laughs> There's five games left. The schedule. I remember doing this schedule rundown and going, oh, the season ends pretty easy. Yeah. The Dolphins and the Jets. And yeah. Carolina and Atlanta. Uh-huh. I really think the Saints could lose out. The rest of the season. Taysom hurt his finger. I don't know exactly what it was. Yeah, he had a splint on it today, I noticed. Uh, during his interview, someone took a picture of that. I think Amy just took a picture of that. It's but, his middle finger? Yeah. Oh, he probably thinks that's a sin. Definitely. That yeah. was the Lord doing he, it. He doesn't want to show it to the doctor to get it fixed because he's worried about implying the F word. <laughs> I'm not exaggerating. They should run the triple option. It would not go worse than their current offense. He threw, what, five interceptions, four interceptions against Dallas? I think it was five, and three were in a row? It was horrible. Almost four in a row. It was endless. It was horrible. He can't pass. He couldn't pass to begin with. Now he definitely can't pass. You don't want to play Trevor Simeon. I get it. Uh, you got to do, like, something else. And I know it's hard to institute something as ridiculous as the triple option, but maybe some sort of read option package. There was a drive where he literally just ran the ball every single play. Yeah, I think that was right after he hurt his finger. Yeah, and that worked. That was the best offense they had, like, the, almost the whole game was him just running the ball. And if you just did something where he was doing read options and then maybe had another, you know, place to pitch or something like that, I think you'd have at least a, a interesting offense. They like them playing the Drew Brees offense or the with it's a joke. I mean it's just a joke. They have no chance. They have no players. And they're just continuing to do the same crap and Taysom Hill can't throw the ball. And everybody's having a lot of hot takes about Taysom Hill right now. Now Sean Payton's obsessed with Taysom Hill. It's like, what the fuck is he supposed to do? <laughs> like I, I rip on Sean Payton as much as anyway. Like what he supposed to play Trevor Simeon again? Was that any better? Like, was that more fun? He was Taysom Hill without the ability to run. Maybe they all the, suck. Are the fans looking for Ian Book? Is it book time? That's I mean, but that's literally just like anybody. That's just, that's just right? people just throwing something against the wall and seeing what sticks. Wanting to see somebody else out there. Yeah, I don't know if it benefits the team at all to run the Drew Brees offense with. You know, these no-name goons out there for whenever the named goons return. Yes. I, I suppose that is beneficial so guys like Juwan Johnson can learn the playbook and know what the hell is going on. Sure. But it is not a fun experiment to watch. No, but it could be if they ran the triple option. <laughs> Every time? <laughs> Nebraska did it. Worked for them. Yeah. Army does it. If any coach is going to do that, it, it could be Sean Payton. Sure, he's I, got the latitude. So, so you just want to be entertained at this point? Oh yeah, and I like. I, I honestly think it's the best in their best interest to just lose. There is no purpose in them. Like they're going to beat the Jets on Sunday. Probably the Jets are god awful. Uh, the Jets gave up like a hundred points to Philadelphia last week. They stink and. They'll probably win, and then they'll probably beat the Falcons at the end of the year, and then you've got a you know seven ten team, and it's like oh yeah, you pick number eleven, and like it just 
there's nothing to really be gained by that. Uh, I think them losing out, going five and twelve, would be absolutely the best case scenario for this team, almost unquestionably to me. Yeah, I, I agree, and I, you know, I, I didn't pay that much attention to the Jets Philadelphia other than you know the line, but could. Could the Saints lose out? I think very easily. Do fans care one way or the other? I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it really... You know, sometimes I think that I know what people want. I'm like, I've, you know, I'm young-ish. Yeah. I kind of work in marketing. Mm-hmm. I know what people think and what people <laughs> like. And then I go out in the real world and I'm like, I have no idea <laughs> what anyone wants anywhere. <laughs> I went to a Kardashian-themed restaurant this weekend, <laughs> the Sugar Factory. I'm like, this is the stupidest thing in the world. <laughs> Packed. You have like yeah. a rainbow-colored hamburger bun. Who the fuck would be here? People with helmets on. You can't even get in the place. It's like World War Z. There's 700 people in there all trying to get a Kylie Jenner lollipop. I'm like, I don't know what people want. Dude, I, so I don't know what people want regarding the Saints either. Agree. When I was in New York, there was a line of like 100 people deep to get into the M&M store. I was like, you're in, you know, one of the most interesting cultural cities in the world. And, you know, there's a line of 100 people deep to go buy M&Ms. So we don't know what people want. What I can tell you from my experience is that what the Saints usually do in this scenario is they win more often than they lose. They'll do just enough to miss the playoffs, uh, and it will be kind of worthless unless Taysom Hill suddenly plays really well, and then I think that would be you know at least relatively interesting toward the end of the season. But it just feels very unlikely that anything positive is going to come out of considering the injury situation is where it is, and at some point this defense is just going to kind of stop trying. I don't think Taysom is going to start playing better. His hand is injured. He's been injured as a whole for a lot of the season. He has no protection, and if they do have him continue to run the ball, he's going to get hurt again. Definitely. Or he's going to catch quote-unquote COVID. <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, it, it, it certainly... Seems like that is the path that this team is going to go down. There's just not a lot to develop offensively. Like None of these guys that are playing, I don't think, are a part of the future of this team. Maybe Callaway as a number three receiver somewhere down the line. Other than that, I don't think there's a single guy who's like a skill position player. Like, oh, let's see what he can do. Like, There's just no point. Uh, this so, is punt erasure, erasure. Yeah, exactly. Gillikin. Yeah. He's the future. He's the, Get him some workout. Punt on third down. People don't talk about punters. People don't talk about <laughs> these guys, for, you know, because they're not flashy. They're, they're Well, you're usually doing badly when they're playing. Yeah. Yeah. But he is the future of the team. Definitely. Can he throw the ball? <laughs> yeah. He tried that one time. <laughs> That's true. Almost oh, shit. The third so row. no, he can't. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I only answered that one. Uh, yeah. I mean, the the... The overarching picture of where this team is is just disappointing season. I mean, not shocking that it ended up going this direction, especially when the injuries started piling up. But I think now I'm ready at least to just sort of chalk it up, uh, which means almost certainly the Saints will win, what, four or five straight to end the season and, you know, be the seventh seed and lose by 100 in the first round. Just to smite us, they're going to win five in a row, Uh and then they're going to get demolished by the Bucks, by either the Packers or the Bucks, right? Yeah. yeah. 
Good times. It'll be fun to see. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so that will take us in to our sponsor, DraftKings. NFL fans, you deserve a big win, not just in life, but this week. DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. That stands for the National Football League. Has you covered. New customers can bet just $5, five American dollars, on any NFL team to win their game or lose their game. And if they do, you win $200 in free bets. That's a lot of bets. Winner, winner, chicken dinner. Is that the DraftKings like, slogan? I feel like that's – have they trademarked that? I, I like chicken dinners. I like football. I like gambling. It's that simple. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, and it's not in Louisiana just yet, but it's on its way, DraftKings won't leave you empty-handed. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes all season long with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Sports Contest. And if you're a Saints fan and you're getting bored and there's not a lot to look forward to, make it interesting with DraftKings. They are giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. If I win that millions of dollars on on my first deposit, you will never hear an episode of Polk and Kush ever again. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. It's on iPhone. It's on Android. It's probably on a tablet. You can download. You have a smart fridge, right? Uh, yes. Download it on yeah. your G smart fridge. <laughs> and then you're like, honey, I'm going to get some crushed ice. And you can place a bet without her knowing. Use promo code KUSH, K-U-S-H. Bet just $5 on any NFL team to win their game and win $200 in free bets. If they win, you win with promo code KUSH. This week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only, minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager required. One per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Well done, sir. The hotline for uh, having a gambling addiction is too cool. It makes <laughs> like, yeah, 1-800-GAMBLER. Oh, gambling, gambling, man. <laughs> it's too cool. It should be like gam- gamble problem or something. <laughs> yeah, or I'm a loser. Yeah. <laughs> 1-800-GAMBLING-BROKE. One hundred gambler just makes me want to gamble. One eight hundred, you lost. Well, this is the final. <laughs> no one gets. No one has a gambling addiction when they won. One eight hundred, get it together. <laughs> yeah. All right, we're done for. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's the end of that sponsorship uh, forever. <laughs> no, call if you have a gambling problem. Call one eight hundred gambler. Yeah, some guy. Yeah, <laughs> or 1-800-D-LOSS, which you pick. It doesn't Do you matter. think it's like a call center in India? Yeah, oh, definitely. And they're like, you did what? You have enough money to <laughs> bet it on sports? Get. And they hang up on you. Uh, what are we doing? <laughs> Is, are we in segments? Segments, everybody. Uh, we're going to start with our little bit of uh, NOLA Breakdown. Yep, what do we got? So, a couple of sports things there. The 
uh, New Orleans Bowl, mm-hmm. always very popular event. Uh, the Raging Cajuns. I feel like this is their second home. The Raging Cajuns always play in the New Orleans Bowl. They're here against Marshall. I'm sure they'll bring a big crowd from West Virginia for the New Orleans Bowl. Uh, and then the, I mean, do you ever go to the New Orleans Bowl? You ever been to that game before? I've been to it before. When Tech was in it? I was in it when Tech was there, yeah. Okay, yeah. It's fine. It's fun. Yeah. I almost feel like, I wonder if uh, Lafayette, I still call him Lafayette. I wonder if yeah. Louisiana fans would rather go somewhere else instead of just driving down the street. Yeah, it's kind of weird. Like, it doesn't matter how good of a season they have or how bad of a season they're they have. They're 12-1. Yeah, I know, but it's like as long as they go 6-6, six and six, they're probably going to go to the New Orleans Bowl. Like, it's a very odd situation to like end up in the same destination no matter what your record is. Yeah. So they kind of just always seem to end up here. But, you know, it is easy. And, you know, they enjoy drinking as we, uh, you know, as much as we say we don't know about people, we know that. That's true. If you're a Raging Cajun fan, you drink. I've been. Quite a bit. I've been to the green room. I've been to. Uh, <laughs> Was it the Wiener Schnitzel? What was it called? Wusenhausen? What's that place? Oh, the beer house. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's the worst beer house. The worst. There yeah. you go. Yeah. We should know that one. Yeah, we should know that one. LSU's, uh, they're going to a new bowl. They're going to the Birmingham Bowl. Are they really? I thought they were going to Houston. Are they? I don't know. <laughs> Who cares? <laughs> I did hear their bowl game, though, is the exact same time as the, when they're dedicating the court to Dale Brown for the LSU basketball game. Oh, okay. Because so literally they're playing at the same time. Like they've spent, like, a, they spent so many people, have, a group of them have spent years trying to get the court named after Dale Brown at LSU. And of course, as they're doing it, after this culmination of all this work, they're, nobody's going to be watching the game. <laughs> it's going to be an LSU football game on. Man, I wish they were naming the court after Mahmoud Abdul Ralph. <laughs> that would be better. That would be better. <laughs> that would be 2021-ish. Yeah. Uh, you celebrate Christmas. Kids love Christmas. Have you gotten a Christmas tree? We do. We have got ours. We were we were we did not let the supply chain screw us up. So you are the cause of the shortage. There is <laughs> yeah, currently <laughs> there is currently a Christmas tree shortage in New Orleans. <laughs> What's behind the shortage? That's what the headline says. I'm gonna guess g- global warming. Yeah, it's gotta be the fact that it's 95 degrees right now. <laughs> is that why? I don't know. I know if you want to get a good Christmas tree around here, you got to go Pearl River. That's where all the Christmas tree farms are. The, Miss- the Mississippi seems to grow them better than Louisiana does, for sure. But that's crazy. There's a shor- How is there a shortage of everything? I don't know. And I also I don't understand the supply chain. I guess all this stuff is just sitting on a boat in a harbor somewhere. Are we getting Christmas trees? Are we getting our Christmas trees from China? Yeah. I, I mean, wouldn't be surprised. When I was in New York, the big conversation was that there's a cream cheese shortage how is there a cream cheese shortage what does that even mean are we making cream cheese somewhere that requires container ships well i've i saw yesterday that they said that like chicken strips are going to be the new th- it's like did the chickens die of COVID? Yeah, the, what happened i cannot understand how there's a shortage of literally everything the the unemployment stuff ran out yeah, there's no t- there's no stimulus checks. People have to be working again. What the fuck is happening? As long as the price of Bitcoin continues to go <laughs> up, people will continue to think that they're wealthy enough to not work. As long as people buy <laughs> NFTs, exactly, and don't know what it means, I guess they'll be like, "Well, I don't have to work. Yeah. I have a picture of a monkey on a skateboard, <laughs> a digital picture of a monkey." On that a skateboard. anyone can. 
I don't know. I don't. I wanted to get a Christmas tree for here. It's hard to feel festive when it's a hundred degrees. <laughs> it just really is for me. I can't get into it. I have an aloe vera plant. I'll put some lights on that. That sounds fine. Merry. I do have the menorah though. Oh, that's yeah. We're yeah. we're glad. Did you light it every night? Yeah, I've uh, I had it confused with the advent calendar, so I was just like <laughs> eating a Reese's piece every day. That's apparently not what happened. Uh, don't worry, though. The city may not have Christmas trees. And uh, a lot of people are saying, hey, there's way too much crime. Uh, what is the city going to do about all this crime? <laughs> the city has responded, and they have come out, and they're going to crack down on people selling food as street vendors. <laughs> that, that was the problem that we've had, for sure. One of the few universally good things in the world, somebody selling a hot dog or chicken wings or God knows what, French yeah. fries. A lot of your favorite food trucks, and there are some good ones in New Orleans, like La Cocinita, uh-huh. and, uh, uh, Daddy Hotbird is one of my favorites. Bub's Burgers started as a pop-up. Bub's oh, Burgers is fantastic. Yeah. Um, Taco Loco. Yeah. Yeah. These, these are all great. And it's an easy way for people to make money, to start their dream, and then to eventually expand it to a truck or a brick and mortar. And the city doesn't want that. The city wants to arrest anyone <laughs> selling yes. a hot dog under yes. the Claiborne overpass. They're easier to catch than the guys who are carjacking everyone, apparently. I mean, this was like at a city council meeting. They're talking about cracking down on something no one has ever complained about, ever. <laughs> it's a, I mean, I guess the people who have complained are probably those who have had to pay for permits, and they're pissed that they had to pay, and the other, these people aren't paying. But either way, who gives a shit? The people that are complaining about that are rich, probably. They're, <laughs> and I don't care about them. The, there was a story on WWL, uh, a young food entrepreneur named uh, Sinidra Taylor, whose business model is helping people start and operate their own community pop-ups, a very good thing. For over three years, she's been serving waffles at pop-up events around New Orleans. I love waffles. Yeah. That's uh, that's a fun thing. You don't see, you usually see you know hot dogs, snow cones, blah blah blah. A waffle. That's a fun surprise. She says she never gets used to the smiles and the orders, and like what a joy it is. And she does a pop up at the flea market on Loyola, and the city wants to shut this young woman down. Of course, I mean of course. Next thing they're going to go after the guy who has the uh, traveling bar at the second lines. You know, <laughs> the guy, the most genius man in New Orleans who has the, the walkable bar. The city won't rest until Mr. Okra's behind bars. <laughs> the city is going to arrest the guy that sells the shitty stick candy with the horse. <clears throat> Why don't, if you're going to arrest like a pop-up vendor, get the <laughs> lunatic that just has the signs that say popsicles, like oh, over, yeah. like in St. Rock. That's that's like a crime, well, it's right? Gotta be. That's just like the guy from meth. Saw. Yeah, that's just crystal meth on a stick. I don't know what it is. There's like signs all around, like the Bywater and the Marini that just say popsicles, and they have like an arrow pointing to a dark alley. It's like the Saw movie. Get that guy. Well, there's also the you know like they talk about all this stuff, and then like you go to Jazz Fest, and there's a thousand kids selling bottles of water and beer and whatever outside of it. You're like, they're not cracking down on this. Because they can't. There's like too many of them. Yeah. This is a, what a stupid thing to be worried about. We have a, we legitimately have 
a thousand other problems that can all be addressed before this. And of course, this is what we take our time. And the, the final statement in the story is she says, nothing can stop me. If I have to find a larger ecosystem outside of New Orleans to get it done, I will. There we go. And that is a statement that is being echoed by anyone trying to do anything in this city right now. If you don't want me, I will go somewhere else where they do. Yeah, exactly. Um, it's just, uh, it's, it's a real, oh man, that is so frustrating to just think that that's a priority right now. Like what a bunch of assholes, man. <laughs> like just, we're so stupid. It's painful. And, uh, you know, once we beat, once we defeat the people serving delicious food conveniently and cheaply <laughs> at prominent locations, uh, then we will defeat the Omicron variant. Yes. Which is up to four people <laughs> in New Orleans. People are not getting like, sick off of this, right? Isn't no. that what I'm reading? No. That means that like we've got to be winding toward the end of this. Like If we can start having it where everyone gets COVID and no one gets sick from it, that's like the win, right? This is, it is the end of it. It's over. Not if you have kids, brother. <laughs> But the actual threat of the virus is over for anyone that wants it to be. For the most part, at, yeah. At this point, this is this is absurd. You know, the ratings are tanking. God knows. Like, <laughs> they've got the death count on Omicron up on the screen now. It's like, you know, some guy slipped on a banana pill and broke his neck, and he also had Omicron, so watch <laughs> out. I guess, like, some bozo on a cruise. Get, I, it seems like cruises are the vessel of disease. Just take out the cruise ships just <laughs> in the middle of the ocean. That was the Bill Burr bit, right? It was like just in the middle of the ocean. You're like, we need to control the population, but we don't want to do it based on anything other than those who decide to go on cruises. Those are the exact people we do not want in the society anymore. The the cruises seem to be responsible for the virus coming to Louisiana, coming to... Maybe we turn the cruise ships into the supply chain and you get the fatsos on there. They do the conga. They get the chocolate fountain. And then you're like, okay, and now it's time to unload a couple of shipping containers. Like the cruises will be free, but you have to work. We can just fill the rooms with cargo after we murder all the people on board. Yeah. Go do the Macarena. And once you're done with like the, you know, you see the up close magician Get out here and unload these tires. <laughs> this cream cheese shipment. Get it off the cruise ship. How are we short on cream cheese? What's going on? How many bagels did you have while you were in New York? Several. Yeah? Yeah. A lot of coffee, a lot of bagels. It was did you really do cream cheese? Yeah, but it was a topic. Everybody was talking about it. Everybody. <laughs> Every all of the bagel guys. They're all very all the bagel boys. All the bagel men were out there very concerned about where their next shipment of cream cheese was going to come from. And, of course, you know, like, oh, it'll be $14 for cream cheese because on the news it says that it's whatever. So, uh, yeah, dude, like, Omicron, I, uh, I honestly think the best case, you know, like, it's gotten to the point where hurricanes, like, the best thing that can happen to us is we actually get hit really hard by a hurricane, but nothing happens because then it would be like, oh, we might have actually figured out how to, like, uh, withstand them. The best thing that can happen with this is everyone catches COVID from Omicron. It's the most contagious thing possible, but no one really gets sick from it. And then it's like, well, COVID's not even serious anymore. It's like, this is just like a thing you catch. It's like a cold. Everyone gets it. Yeah. And then you go through. The other iterations of COVID were not like that. 
Uh, so hopefully this one is just simply not as bad, and then we can just move the fuck on because I am done with you. COVID-19, <laughs> it's about to be 22. Too many COVIDs. Oh, God. Just the worst. Speaking of. Ladies and gentlemen, that takes us into my favorite segment every single week. The worst. The worst. The worst is the worst thing I saw or read this week. Email them in, polkandkush at gmail.com. This comes from Fox Business. Woman reportedly breastfed cat on Delta Airlines flight. What? Wait, whoa, whoa. I'll I'll read it again. (laughs) Woman reportedly, reportedly, breastfed (laughs) cat on Delta Airlines flight. With her breast? Let's read more. Let's get into it. A flight attendant reported that the hairless cat was, quote unquote, screaming for its life. Things apparently got weird on a recent <laughs> Delta Airlines flight. I like how they say apparently. I know. They always like throw Reportedly. In the, yeah. <laughs> no one reportedly breastfeeds a cat. You either do or you don't. It's a hairless cat, too. Like Mr. Bigglesworth. <laughs> A woman allegedly started breastfeeding a cat to the horror of fellow passengers in the crew. <laughs> What's funny about these stories is there's just a picture of an airplane in the middle <laughs> no, of the article. Like, oh, that's what an airplane is. Nobody got footage of this. A flight attendant, <laughs> a flight attendant <laughs> sent a message through the aircraft communication addressing and reporting system. You don't need all that. that Brevity. Was, yeah. On the jet while in flight to alert the crew on the ground that the person sitting in seat 13A is breastfeeding a cat and will not put the cat back in its carrier when requested. Oh, my God. The message further requested that Delta's red coat team, a group dubbed customer service experts, greet the woman upon the flight arrival in Atlanta. So these are like this is like the CIA of Delta. You don't want to fuck with these guys. <laughs> Seal Team Six going out <laughs> to detach a cat from a woman's breast. What, what, what day of uh, the orientation do you think they went through that part of the program? <laughs> Fox News reported the flight attendant later took to social media to provide more details on the incident, where she recalled the woman had one of those like hairless cats swallowed up in a blanket, so it looked like a baby. Her shirt was up, and she was trying to get the cat to latch onto her nipple, and she wouldn't put the cat back in the carrier. The cat was screaming for its life. The purported incident was reported on a flight that took place on November 13th. It is unclear whether the red coat team confronted the woman, and Delta did not respond to Fox for comment. Wow. This is why Fox News is better than CNN. Definitely. <laughs> we, just, we just got to the bottom of it right there. You turn on CNN and, you know, they're talking about how Superman's gay now. Fox News is telling you about a woman breastfeeding a cat. That's why they're winning the rating. It's not political. It's that this is more interesting than somebody getting misgendered at Arby's. Yeah, that is very true. This is why. Look. This is a free country. I think this woman should be allowed to breastfeed her cat if the cat wants it. Uh My question comes in, why was the cat screaming for its life? I mean, do you lactate with a cat? (laughs) Isn't lactation a part of motherhood? 
I can only. I d- I'm so confused. You know what I'm thinking of? I'm thinking of Meet the Parents. <laughs> yes. Whenever Robert De Niro says, "I have nipples, Greg. Yeah. Can you milk me, <laughs> Mr. Jinx?" This is all I'm thinking of. Maybe this was some kind of like viral stunt for like a Meet the Parents sequel on Netflix. It's <laughs> guerrilla marketing. A concerning thing is there's footage of literally everything. Everybody, f- flights now are like Waffle House at 3 a.m. Uh-huh. There's going to be a fight on every flight. <laughs> the You got to have the red coat team on each. Every flight just needs a bouncer now. Yes. Just don't. Don't stop the flight. Don't arrest people. Just have a bouncer there to beat people up when they start misbehaving. <laughs> I get annoyed when someone on the plane is wearing sandals. You know, I, much less someone is breastfeeding a hairless cat <laughs> on the seat next to me. <laughs> like, uh, yeah, man. I, I, you're I, playing with your bare foot while I you're talking know, about people I with know, sandals. I know. Uh, but I'm not an airplane. I'm inside the spacious and lovely Bud Light Lime studio. Uh, dude, well, when those red coat guys got called in and they were like, all right, we've got a situation. You guys have to pull a woman out. They're like, okay, is she dangerous? Be like, well, there's a cat attached to her nipple and we can't get her off the plane. Uh, what is the protocol there? I think the protocol is to pull a Mark Ingram and say, look, I've got COVID. <laughs> Get me out of here. I got, You're going to pay just, me anyway, right? I just tested positive. I gotta, I'm not. This is <laughs> fighting a woman breastfeeding a cat is the equivalent of playing the Jets after losing five in a row. No one deserves this. The red coat guys, what are they going to do? Beat her up? <laughs> exactly. Arrest her? Yeah, it's like, uh, that's not a federal crime. Yeah, is they it? just like, throw the cat away. Yeah. <laughs> it's like there's nothing, there's nothing in there. Oh, God, what a ridiculous story. Uh, well, thank you, everyone, for listening. We do deeply appreciate it. Uh, we apologize for being a day late, but... We are always so happy to have you with us on this podcast. As always, if you have not yet rated or liked or subscribed, any of those things, listen to it on iTunes, then listen to it on Spotify, then listen to it on your Amazon Music. We need all of it. Promo code KUSH if you're getting on DraftKings. And, of course, visit our good friends at Ale on Oak. And if you need a house, our buddy Jansen Patagna. Thank you all so very much. We will see you next week right here. Polk and Kush. See ya.